Hi everyone, I'm Dave. And I'm Marvin. It's day 115, and this is God's Big Story. It's a story. It's big. Never boring. No way. For his glory. Always. It's God's Big Story. So welcome back everyone, it's Friday and that means it's the end of week 23. Hi everyone! Nobody knows what he's gonna ask now. It's Marvin the Friendly Curious Cow. So Marvin, it is quiz day once again. Oh yeah, I know Dave. And it's all square, seven all. Today is a big day. It is. So, shall we get to it? Oh sure thing. Jingle please. What do you remember? And what do you know? Let's find out because it's Friday. The Friday Quiz Show. Yeah, it's the Friday Quiz Show. Well, hello, Gary, and thank you for joining us again. Hi, guys. It's good to be back. Are you all ready for this week's quiz? Oh, we sure are, Gary. Take it away. Okay, here we go. Question one from this week's readings. What did the people of Israel ask Rehoboam when he became king after his father Solomon died? Okay, yeah, I remember that. Yep, yeah, I think I got that one too. Okay, question two. What did Samson use to kill 1,000 Philistines? Oh, okay, yeah, that was a while ago. Hmm, okay, okay, yeah, I think I remember that. Okay, yep, yep, I think I've got that one. And the last question. How many books of the Bible are there that have just four letters in their name? Okay. Okay, Gary, question. So what are we doing about 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John? Oh, we're counting all three of those. Okay. Okay, let's see. Mm, Okay, yep, yep, I have my guess. Okay, yeah, yeah, I've got mine too. Okay, so let's see how you did. Question one. What did the Israelites ask of Rehoboam? Oh, well, they asked him kind of not to be so hard on them, right? Yes, I I put to lighten their load. Yes, that's right. Question two. What did Samson use to kill 1,000 Philistines? Uh, was it a bone? Yeah, I think it was a donkey's jawbone. Is that right? That's right. So, on to our last question. How many books of the Bible have a name with just four letters? So, I went for ten. Oh, okay, well, I just guessed thirteen. Okay, well, in order, we have Ruth, Ezra, Joel, Amos, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, 1st John, 2nd John, 3rd John, and Jude. And that makes 12. So, Marvin wins. He was just one away. I forgot about Jude. Well, and Ezra, Joel, and Amos too. Well done, Marvin. Oh, thanks, Dave. Yeah, I'm back in the lead. 8-7, cows rule. Well, thank you, Gary, for another great quiz. No problem, Dave. Hey, I'll see you guys next week. Okay, Marvin. Well, we had better get to today's reading. Now, yesterday we had jumped over to Chronicles, but today we're back to working our way through First Kings. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, well, both kingdoms, Judah and Israel, well, they both got into trouble, huh? Worshipping false gods. That's right, they did. And both kingdoms, Rehoboam and Judah and Jeroboam and Israel, well, they were fighting against each other as well. Oh, yeah, that's kind of sad. Yep. Now, we're kind of fast-forwarding a bit, so firstly, let's talk about the kingdom of Judah. So Rehoboam died and his son Abijah took over. But he wasn't any better than Rehoboam had been. He still worshipped those false gods. And he continued fighting with Jeroboam and Israel. Then came Abijah's son, Asa. And he carried on that war with Israel, but he did follow God. And he got rid of the false gods that God hated so much. So we like Asa. Now, that's where we are with the kingdom of Judah. 
Asa, the good king. Okay, so now let's skip over to Israel. Now, you won't remember all these names, and that's okay. We'll just kind of fly past them. So when Jeroboam died, his son Nadab took over. But he's only king for a couple of years, and he keeps worshipping false gods. But just like God had promised Jeroboam would happen, well, his family is all killed by a guy called Basha, who takes over. Basha, well, he's another king who keeps worshipping false gods. And so God tells him, just like Jeroboam's family, that his family will also be destroyed. And that's what happens. Basha's son, Elah, becomes king, but a guy called Zimri kills him and his whole family, and he takes over as king. Now, Zimri's only king for about seven days because the Israelites decide, well, he's not their guy. And so they make another man, Omri, their king. And then they set off to attack Zimri, but Zimri doesn't fancy the fight, so he actually hides in his palace and sets fire to it. And, well, he dies in the fire. Oh, wow. Okay, so Omri is king for 12 years, but he's no better than any of Israel's other kings, and he keeps worshipping those false gods. And then when he dies, we get to Ahab. And now Ahab is the worst of all the kings of Israel. Oh, wow. Wow, okay, so we've got King Asa in Judah, and we like him, right? He gets rid of the false gods, and we have Ahab in Israel. Oh, and and we don't like him at all, right? That's right, we do not. Ahab is very bad. So, okay, I think we're ready for today's reading. Okay, so who's reading today? Well, today it's our friend Sandra. Hi, Sandra! Hi, everyone. Our reading this morning starts in 1 Kings chapter 16 and verse 30, and then we will move on to chapter 17. Ahab, the son of Omri did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. He did more evil things than any of the kings who had ruled before him. We're now moving to chapter 17 and starting at verse 1. Elijah was from Tishbe in the land of Gilead. He said to Ahab, I serve the Lord. He is the God of Israel. You can be sure that he lives and you can be just as sure that there won't be any dew or rain on the whole land. There won't be any during the next few years. It won't come until I say so. Then a message came to Elijah from the Lord. He said, Leave this valley, go east and hide in the Kirith Valley. It is east of the Jordan River. You will drink water from the brook. I have directed some ravens to supply you with food there. So Elijah did what the Lord had told him to do. He went to the Kirith Valley. It was east of the Jordan River. He stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning. They also brought him bread and meat in the evening and he drank water from the brook. Some time later the brook dried up. It hadn't rained in the land for quite a while. A message came to Elijah from the Lord. He said, Go right away to Sarephtha in the region of Sidon. Stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So Elijah went to Sarephtha. He came to the town gate. A widow was there gathering sticks. He called out to her. He asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar? I need a drink. She went out to get the water. Then he called out to her, Please bring me a piece of bread too. I don't have any bread, she replied. And that's just as sure as the Lord your God is alive. All I have is a small amount of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home. I'll make one last meal for myself and my son. We'll eat it and after that we'll die. Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go home. Do what you have said. But first make a small loaf of bread for me. Make it out of what you have. Bring it to me. Then make some for yourself and your son. The Lord is the God of Israel. He says the jar of flour will not be used up. The jug will always have oil in it. You will have flour and oil until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did what Elijah had told her to do. 
So Elijah had food every day. There was also food for the woman and her family. The jar of flour wasn't used up. The jug always had oil in it. That's what the Lord had said would happen. He had spoken that message through Elijah. Sometime later, the son of the woman who owned the house became sick. He got worse and worse. Finally, he stopped breathing. The woman said to Elijah, You're a man of God. What do you have against me? Did you come to bring my sin out into the open? Did you come to kill my son? Give me your son, Elijah replied. He took him from her arms and he carried him up to the upstairs room where he was staying. He put him down on his bed. Then Elijah cried out to the Lord. He said, Lord my God, I'm staying with this widow. Have you brought pain and sorrow even to her? Have you caused her son to die? Then he lay down on the boy three times. He cried out to the Lord. He said, Lord my God, give this boy's life back to him. The Lord answered Elijah's prayer. He gave the boy's life back to him. So the boy lived. Elijah picked up the boy. He carried him down from the upstairs room into the house. He gave him to his mother and said, Look, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God. I know that the message you have brought from the Lord is true. Thanks, Sandra. Oh, wow, Dave. That was some crazy stuff. Ravens bringing Elijah food, and then the never-ending oil and flour, and then bringing a boy back to life. Wow. Yep, God is going to do some amazing things through his prophet Elijah. Boys and girls, sometimes when we read these stories from thousands of years ago, we might think, wow, God was different back then doing all those miracles. I sure wish he was like that now. Well, yeah, I wish I had some ravens that would bring me a snack whenever I get hungry. That would be awesome. Well, that would be fun. But we have to remember, God has not changed, not one tiny bit. He is still the God who can do and does do amazing things. Now, for most of us, there's a good chance we won't see someone brought back to life in front of us. God chooses to step in like that at very special times. And when he does and when he doesn't, well, that's up to him. But we do see God answer prayers in lots of amazing ways. And that is going on all the time. We talked about what we could learn from older Christians. So why not ask some of them to tell you about a time that they know about or have seen when God has answered prayer in an amazing way? Now, they might have amazing stories of great big miracles or maybe stories about just little answers to prayer that God has scattered throughout their life. But today, boys and girls, thank God that he is the God who hears and answers prayer, that he is the God who still is working miracles. Yeah, yeah, it's good to know, Dave, that our God can still do anything. It sure is. But Marvin, that is really all we've got time for. So let's say goodbye and we will see you all next week for week 24. Okay, yeah. Well, bye, everyone. Have a good weekend. Goodbye. We'll see you soon. God's Big Story is a ministry of Eden Grove Presbyterian Church. Music and jingles by Dave, Josh, and Josh.